Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that He created us in His own image and sacrificed His only begotten sinless Son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to Him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. And Father, we thank you for this day. And this is the season of the year. We should be letting the light of Christ shine through us. Thank you for this season. We celebrate your coming as the greatest gift in all eternity. Help me to preach now. Help people to be still. And help us to worship you through the gospel message. In Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. Turn your Bibles to the book of Jonah. We're going back to Jonah because I'm trying to finish it up this year. Unless the Spirit just says no. So turn to the book of Jonah. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 3 is our text. And uh, we'll see what God has to say to us through his word. The word of God reads in Jonah chapter 4, verses 1, 2, and 3. This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. What a passage. And from this passage of scripture, we want to preach a gracious and merciful God and angry Jonah. A gracious and merciful God and angry Jonah. Verses one, two, and three, you have angry Jonah. Jonah was to preach to Israel's arch enemy, which would bring Tremendous opposition from his countrymen should the Ninevites be delivered. Like Jonah, when God calls you to do an unpopular assignment, it is far better to obey God and leave the consequences to him. Since the Ninevites repented and were delivered, the Jews would most likely not accept Jonah because he went to their bitter enemies and led them to escape God's judgment through his preaching. Beloved, it is better to obey God and have divine favor. It is better by far to obey God and have his divine backing. It is better to obey God and have his divine protection. It is better to obey God and have his 
divine blessings and provisions than not to obey because of fear of repercussions from men. In the book of Acts chapter 5 verse 29 it says, But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. Romans 8.31 also says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Even when God tells you to do something that the culture say, you shouldn't do it, you're you're lunatic, you're holy roly, you just do it. I'd rather be called a name by the world and have the blessings of God than have the praises of the world and get a divine whooping from Almighty God. It is better by far to obey God than man. Look at verse 1a in the scripture. It says, this change of plans greatly upset Jonah and he became very angry. Underline that, very angry. Many times we act just like Jonah. We see people who are so wicked. We see people who are so cruel. We see people who are so vile that we refuse to even pray from them because we are angry at what they've done. Like Jonah, many saints have no compassion toward people who are wicked, have done atrocities. Many believers have no sympathy, no compassion For those who have abused babies and young children and the elderly. Oh, yes, it's wrong. It's evil. But we not we shouldn't be so mad at them that we don't want to see them saved. Why don't you say that? I was a weak amen. You did that. You go to hell. Matter of fact, we we say that statement, go to hell. So go to hell. Well, I'm not going to say we because I don't say that. I'm putting I'm not identifying with that. But some of y'all out there by radio and the Internet, wherever you tell a person go to hell in a heartbeat. And you say that so much until you're desensitized to it, to the point that you don't even pray that folk get right with God. Jonah was a preacher who couldn't even pray that Nineveh get right with God. Because they were ruthless, they were cruel, they were diabolical. And so we, like Jonah, we hold back mercy from people we just don't like. Because they've hurt us. We hold back mercy because they betrayed us personally. To the point that we don't even want to associate with them. We find ways not to hear from them. Or see them forgiven by God and even saved. We should be mindful of the sinful things we have done in our own past. We should help us be more merciful and compassionate toward others who have done evil as well. We all in here have done evil. We all in here have thought evil. We all in here have said evil. We all in here have had evil motives. And if we're not careful... We'll be just like Jonah because all the Jonas are not gone. Well, I pose a question as we transition. Why was Jonah so angry? That's a great question. You learn by asking the text questions. Why was Jonah so, this man was angry. 
but 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 some of y'all too. Some of y'all too. You're angry at politicians. You're angry at the president. You're angry at Congress. You're angry at the Supreme Court. You're angry because this is not right. That's not right. Either you're angry because people are not living up to your expectation. You're angry because you're not where you ought to be. And you, you sitting there just angry too. You can't give thanks because you angry. Why was Jonah so angry? Let me give you a few reasons. Number one, Jonah thought that Nineveh was too wicked to be saved. <laughs> That's why he was angry. God, I dare you save Nineveh. You, you, you know what they've done. They were cruel. They were cruel. They had unique, creative ways of killing folk. They were bloodthirsty. They were ruthless. Jonah thought that the Ninevites were too wicked to be saved. Look at Jonah chapter one. If you can flip your Bible fast enough, if you're in that little chapter, just four chapters, you just go back to chapter one right quick. Uh, Chapter one, verses one and two, it says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, look who's talking, God, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city and cry out against it, Jonah. Now underline this. For their wickedness has come up before me. For their wickedness have come up before me. You ought to underline that. Anytime we are wicked, it goes up before God. As a matter of fact, if we think more on the reality that God sees our wickedness, we would repent more. And we would cry out to God more and we would humble ourselves. Life circumstances uniquely affect people differently, yet God's love, grace and mercy are limitless. The good news is God's word is uniquely sufficient. He knows what to do in every situation. He made us and he knows us better than we know ourselves. The Bible tells us to trust Him, lean on Him, and to acknowledge Him. Whether it's a success, a setback, or a failure, no matter what it is, God will order our steps when we depend on Him and Him alone to uniquely perform His good and perfect work within us. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. Beloved, we must leave room for the sovereignty of God and not question whom God decides to save or destroy. Romans chapter 9 verse 15 is a very significant passage of scripture. It says, for he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whomever I will have compassion. You can't tell God what to do. You can't tell God who to spare and who to kill. Who do you think you are? God is not your errand boy that you just flippantly move around like a little puppet on a string. God has the right to do whatever he wants, however he wants, whenever he wants, and he doesn't have to consult with you. Good God Almighty. Isaiah chapter 55 verses 8 and 9 also says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways says the Lord, for as the heavens are higher than the earth. Now that's high. Look, look at that. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, 
So are my ways higher than your ways. You can't calculate the distance between God's ways and our ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. You can't figure God out. You, 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 you can't fully understand or comprehend him. He's great. He's majestic. He's infinite. He's the all wise God. He doesn't think like you. You, you, that's why you shouldn't move ahead of him. You don't know God's next move. <laughs> and that's why you ought to consult him about everything you do because God sees, you, he sees your beginning, where you are, and your end. All at the same time. God never scratches his divine head and say, I wonder what they're going to do next. Isn't it prideful and arrogant of us as God's finite creatures to question the decisions of our sovereign, all-knowing, all-wise God who operates in absolute perfection. God has never made a mistake. That's staggering right there. God has never misspoken. God has never had to say, excuse me. God has never slipped. God is always absolutely perfectly right all the time. Now that's enough to blow your head right there. That's where you ought to get to know him. And you're spiritually negligent if you don't consult him on every decision in life. He's the all-knowing, infinite, all-wise God. And who are we to question his decisions since he knows everything? He is omniscient. He knows all. If God did not know everything, he would not be God. Now, that's a big thought. If God didn't know everything, he would cease to be God. But because he is God, he knows absolutely Everything. That's a theological lesson on the omniscience of God. It is better by far. It is better for us to have faith and trust in God, even when we do not understand what he is doing. Also, we should trust God and refuse to whine when he doesn't work on our terms. We shouldn't pout when God doesn't do what we think he ought to do. And we should be throwing a pity party because somebody has hurt and wronged us and we stay in an eternal pity party. God said, what's wrong with you? Get yourself up and dust yourself off and start living for me. Do you know what they did to my son when he was here? I sent him as a gift to the world and they murdered him. You whining because somebody cussed you out. You say, get over yourself. Just get over yourself and get glad in the Lord. So, number one, Jonah thought that Nineveh was too wicked to be saved. Some of y'all like that too. You can despise. Some of y'all don't want to see folks saved. So y'all, you know, if you did, you'd pray for them. <laughs> you pray for them. You, you, you ought to be praying for your president. Some of y'all can't pray for the president. You're too mad at him. Won't y'all say Amen. Don't look at me like all of a sudden. Uh, 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 
Well, if, that, if, it, if it's that good or that bad or whatever it is, my question is, why aren't you praying? Doesn't the Bible say pray for those who are in authority over you? Even Peter was saying pray for those in authority. And that was Nero who was lighting Christians up, firing them off, making them candle lights. And he turns around and say, pray for those evil folk. I told you the other day, the government is not your friend. You want more government, more government, more government, more government? All right, you get it all. And then they go flip on you. I know the Bible. If you know the Bible, you say, what in the world? That preacher pre- talking crazy. Oh, no. There was a Pharaoh. <laughs> it was a good Pharaoh. And there was another Pharaoh that came that knew not Joseph. And you know what he did? He enslaved the people of God and he was ruthless. Just read the book of Exodus to God had to call Moses on the scene as an emancipator and say, let my people go. And that king, that government was so evil. God said plague after plague, sent the flies, sent the gnats, sent darkness, (laughs) took the firstborn, broke Pharaoh's back. That government was evil. Nebuchadnezzar was evil. He was a king. He Government. The Hebrew boys in the fire. Daniel in the lion's den. Why? Because of the government. Oh, y'all say, oh, I ain't looked at it like that. Oh, I got a whole lot to tell y'all. I just don't have time. Don't you put your trust in the government. The government is most corrupt. Look at the not just the American government, the Russian government, uh, the Ukrainian government, the the Syrian government is evil in all the Korean government, uh, Saudi Arabia government just call calling the roll. And I've been over in Uganda in the Uganda government and Rwanda government. I can tell you something that's going on Rwanda that's going on right now. Some evil stuff. The government is not your friend. Oh, by the way, I, th- I said the other day in Bible study. See, some of y'all don't come to Bible study, so you don't know too much. You know, you, gotta, you, don't, come, you don't come to Bible study. You don't too much of what I'm saying on Wednesday night. I'm not saying you not you don't know, but you just don't know what's going on there. <laughs> I feel pretty good today. Yep, y'all gonna let me preach. Three, four, three, three entities that's not your friend. It's the government and it's going to turn on you. Persecution going to set in. They're going to start taking your 501c3. They're going to, persecution going to come in. Some people are going to be raised up toward the end times. Don't you look at a politician. You better look to Jesus. Okay. And then the bank is not your friend. That's why we try to pay this mortgage off. Because you say, oh, I got good standing. They know my name at the bank. You walk in there and press down. I got a little prestige. I got a little more that. But let your money get funny now. <laughs> Just miss a couple of notes. And and all of a sudden, they'll come and padlock that plate, your house, put your stuff outside, and, 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 and resell it at a discount price. The bank is not your friend. Just don't pay and see how friendly they are. Y'all listening to me today. Thirdly, 
The devil is not your friend. The devil ain't your friend. He's your enemy. He's a liar. He's a con. He's a devil. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He hates mothers and fathers. He hates marriage. He hates holiness. He hates the Bible. He hates the church. He hates the preacher. He hates God. He hates the children of God. He schemes. He's manip- he manipulates. He harasses. He distracts. He blasphemes. He seeks and roams around, seeking whom he may devour. He's a dirty, low-down, nasty, evil, no good, murdering devil. And some of y'all have the audacity to play in his camp. And some of y'all in his camp don't even know you in his camp because you're not in touch with God or his word. Now, you know, I know I digressed a little bit, but God sent me that way. That's not even on the paper that, you know, that God just threw that in there. Because some of y'all have a misdirected allegiance. You you counting on folk that's going to let you down. But I know a God that won't let you down. I know a God who is trustworthy. Do y'all know him? I know a God who is faithful. I know a God who will come through and do like only he can do. Secondly, Jonah uh, was angry because Jonah was a preacher who lacked compassion for the lost. He was a preacher who lacked compassion for the lost. Jonah chapter four, verse two says, so he complained to the Lord about it. Look at him talking to God. He got an attitude. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That's why I ran away to Tarshish. Now this man was beside himself. He, this man, when I get up to heaven, I'm going to say, Jonah, what was wrong with you? He's going to probably look at me and say, what was wrong with you? We all sin and fall short. Amen. So he'll be getting on me and I'll be getting on him and we'll just break out in a big holy chuckle. Look at that. That's why I ran away, ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God. Believers who are judgmental will not possess compassion when it comes to rescuing the perishing. Did you get that? Believers who are judgmental will not possess compassion when it comes to rescuing the perishing. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoso believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God sent his one and only son to rescue the perishing. That's you and me and, and all of humanity. But all humanity will not be saved because many will not place their faith and trust in him alone. But God sent light in the world. That's why we celebrate Christmas. John 3.16 is perhaps the greatest passage in the Bible. God sending his love gift to sinful man. Matthew 1.21 says he came to save his people from their sins. There was no one on earth that could fix our condition. So God dispatched his one and only son to Bethlehem, born of a virgin. 
born 100% God and man to redeem us. That's why he came. God had compassion on humanity where Jonah did not have compassion on the Ninevites. In Psalm 78, 38, it says, but he being full of compassion forgave their iniquity. And look, this is God here. You can say that he pronoun for God, but, but God being full of compassion. I'm so glad he's a compassionate God. I, he'd have been wiped me out and you too. Yes, you too. You, you not all that. Look, and he, God being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity. Why did he forgive their iniquity? Because of their compassion. And look, and did not destroy them. Yes, many a time he turned his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. In other words, did not stir up all the wrath. God has wrath we have never seen. And you don't want to see it either. You know, God has, I mean, just think about that. God has wrath. I mean, did you remember the, the flood during Noah's time? That was God's wrath. Wiped out everything but those aboard the ark. He said, next time it won't be by water, it's going to be by what? Fire. Fire. Everything's going to burn up. That's how you know. The Bible tells me. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, now good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.